welcome to Three Blondes, One Battle. Um, we actually, before we just got on live, we decided to make this a two-part series because there's just way too much to talk about when it comes to multiple sclerosis. And um, Tara and Bobby were just giving examples of kind of uh, their followers or their friends reaching out to them. And we, we just have a lot to talk about. So we're just going to talk about what is multiple sclerosis, how to make kind of like a visualization, the different, um, the different types of MS. There's not just one type. And then we're going to talk about the manifestations of multiple sclerosis, a typical health journey mm -hmm. for someone with MS. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's roll. So I'm going to start out with, uh, you know, uh, what is multiple sclerosis? Um, so it's actually a, a chronic disease. So many do know that it's chronic. So it, it's, it doesn't go away. That's what that word means. Um, and it could right. progress, right? It could, could progress to getting worse. Um, however, it doesn't have to because there's different forms of multiple sclerosis. So it does affect the CNS, which when you see CNS, it's just central nervous system. Um, it's when your mm -hmm. immune system attacks uh, the nerve fibers and the myelin sheath, which is the sheath around your nerve. So th this is a great like example of um, those on the podcast. What I'm doing is I'm holding up a um, iPhone charger. Uh, so think of that as your nerve fiber and the white stuff covering the actual wire of your cell phone charger. Um, that would be your myelin sheath. So it's a fatty substance that surrounds and insulates the fibers in your brain and your spinal cord. So what MS does is um, the, an attack, which uh, basically is when it's inflamed, it destroys the nerve cell and the myelin, which in turn alters the electrical messages coming from the brain. So it's like, uh, you know, when your dog chews through your iPhone charger and all of a sudden you can see it and you have to put tape over it because it's no longer good. That's what's happening in MS, right? So is that, so, is that what you guys were taught when you were diagnosed? Yeah, I think Absolutely. that's such a great analogy, yes. like breakdown, yeah. really showing really what our nerves are, because like, we know, like, what do we have? Like billions of nerves a in lot. our body. <laughs> It's just incredible to know that there is a substance around that nerve protecting, protecting and it. our immune system is, even though it's there to protect us, it's but it's, it's showing that there's something bad and it's right. attacking those good parts and in, right. in turn, MS yeah. happens. Right. Yes. Because obviously you yeah, don't want the wire showing, right? You don't want your nerve yeah. exposed. And so when that nerve is exposed, we have what they're called as extirbations. Is that how you say it? Or attacks? Is that how you say yes. it? Yes. Right. Attacks. Exacerbations. Exacerbations. Such a weird word. Exacerbations. So if you're it in is a clinic, little bit of a word. It is. So if your doctor ever says that, you're like, huh? You're like, oh yeah, those girls are saying it means an attack. <laughs> so basically that's what it is. Um, MS is unpredictable. Um, it affects every single person differently. So that's a really crazy part mm -hmm. of multiple sclerosis that can be uh, very scary or, or it could be positive, right? So we all see different. Right. Yeah. I think it's positive. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, everyone's MS journey is different. And, um, 
Yeah. I mean, it just is, you never talk to a person, another person, MS that has experienced it the same way as you do. I mean, one, we're all unique. Yeah. Just, it just is going to manifest in everyone. And to your point, I know you'll go into this with the, the way you, um, I thought perfectly kind of talked about what MS is and how it then goes into, like, it's, an autoimmune and everyone's starting to know what that word is autoimmune like our bodies are fighting itself you know mm-hmm. which is it's just yeah. so interesting that our bodies can do that like it makes you wonder why it even happens and that's the big question like why does ms even happen like everybody has that, those questions yeah and the amount of research that's been going on and it's so complex because like you said nikki it's so unique to all of us. We might have similar symptoms, but we, it's, it's different. And I feel yeah. like that's so hard because, you know, you might know someone like, Oh, they're doing great. But the next person next to you is not. And it kind of makes it really hard for the people on the outside looking in who might not experience an autoimmune disease. Right. Like, are you, are you sure you have it? Like, right. I don't know. Is, are you just using this? You know what I mean? So it's yeah. just it makes it hard. I do have yeah. to say Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, it could affect you to the point where you lose ability to talk. We've all seen, um, who's that, uh, Selma, is it Selma Blair? No, who's the actress that has, uh, obviously she has secondary progressive. Um, so it can affect your, the way you talk. It could affect the way you walk. Um, it can, uh, you could lose your ability to write. I mean, it can affect your dexterity. Right. Um, so it just can affect people in so many, anything. And I feel like a big one is your cognitive. Like that Mm -hmm. is something that a lot of people don't put two and two together. And sometimes it can be really hard for certain neurologists like you go to, you know, some of them might not, they do understand, or, you know, it is like, it's just a symptom, but sometimes like as a person who has MS, it can be very, very hard to deal with because you know right. that something just isn't you anymore, but you know that you're still the same person trying to convey that information can be so challenging. Mm-hmm. And then it, it can become like a mental blockage for you. And it can really really hurt you inside. And like, that's the part of like having MS is really building that strength within yourself and really finding that positive light, even through those rough days, like being Mm -hmm. positive, you said, Nikki, it's, it's very powerful. Your mindset is so powerful against this. Yeah. And what she's talking about for those that don't know what cognitive means. So a lot of patients, um, with multiple sclerosis, um, they can't, it's almost like you can't get the words out or it could affect very many different things when it comes to yeah. cognitive thinking Absolutely. and, uh, right. thinking yes. and, you know, speech therapy could come in handy there, vocational, uh, therapy, uh, because, you know, it's, it's very hard for some people to just like get the words out. It's very memory seems to right. be an issue short term, long term, all of that, because it's, it's a brain. Mm-hmm. And so you've got nerves everywhere. So it just depends on the brain, right. What nerve has, you know, has opened and been attacked and not healed completely in layman's terms. So that's wires are messed up. Right. So that's what she's talking about. So, okay. So let's talk about the types of MS. So, um, relapsing remitting is the typical 90% of people, um, start or are diagnosed with MS with relapsing Mm -hmm. remitting 
MS. Um, so this is an onset of symptoms over a period of hours to days or months. Um, these symptoms, symptoms, why can't I say that? Symptoms persist, um, then they disappear partially or they completely disappear on their own with or without treatment. Um, Right. Patients might be symptom free for, again, like I said, weeks or months or sometimes years. Um, and so that's, and we'll talk about this in part two, but that's kind of where uh, big pharma drugs come in and where alternative, you know, medicine comes in. You want to prolong the period of getting these uh, relapses yeah. or, or mm -hmm. AKA attacks um, because bottom line is you just, just visualized with me what's happening to your nerves. And so you don't want that to happen. Um, so some MS will develop symptoms that uh, also gradually worsen over time with relapsing remitting. Um, is there anything you guys want to say about relapsing remitting? I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, once, and sometimes you, and you'll probably go into this, but you may exhibit a symptom and have that for, you know, whatever, like you said, six weeks, maybe two months, it resolves. And then it could come back, you know, where, you know, as a flare up, like mm -hmm. where it just, you're under stress or, or you're tired or just kind of flares a little bit. Mm -hmm. So that transit, you know, that transmission is slowing down again. There's some inflammation going on that same spot, but it's already been damaged. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Oh, so relapsing. So remission or so remitting the words remitting um, it means when you're symptom free. So basically re you have a relapse, you, you get better. You have a relapse, you get better. Um, so mm -hmm. that's really relapsing remitting the, the second, uh, the second type of MS is secondary. Um, actually they have secondary first, but let's talk about primary primary yeah. progressive MS. So primary progressive about 10 to 15% of patients will have gradual worsening, from the start of their MS diagnosis. So people with primary progressive um, describe a gradual change in their mobility over time. So a lot of people, their example on this medical article that I read um, is often walking is, a, is the main like kind of gradual over time is getting a little worse. And I would say, you know, 18 years in or 17, that's where I'm at. I'm at primary progressive. Like it's just kind of, you know, it's not getting better. I'm no longer like, I'm no longer getting an attack, getting steroids, getting better, getting an attack. I'm to the point where I am gradually over time. So primary progressive, what would you guys say you are? Um, I feel like I'm still relapsing, remitting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I relapsing or remitting still feel yeah. like the ebbs and flows, you know, knowing specifically like, Oh, this is either a new relapse, a new flare or just something old coming back. Um, yeah. but yeah. So another kind of uh, thing with primary progressive is it's typically, it's often a heaviness or a stiffness in, in lower extremities. So, I mean, it's literally me to a T. Now, is it because I didn't take medication all the years like you guys did? Maybe we'll talk about that next week. Um, so that's typically primary progressive. Um, people typically never kind of have an attack uh and then recover. Like you're, you're just basically past that, right? Like we're, you're, you're past that. Now, yeah. secondary progressive is 
the people that you see, I keep thinking of that actress again, because the whole world went crazy when they saw that she had MS and she was totally fine as an actress. And all of a sudden, like she has no mobility, no. So that's called secondary progressive. Um, that's when the relapsing remitting changes to a point where there's no discernible relapses or remissions. Um, So, I mean, that would be like an example, uh, just since you guys are still relapsing remitting and I am, I'm primary progressive. That would be an example of my attack two years ago in the pelvic floor area. If that never got bad, if that never went away and all of a sudden I lost that function or all of a sudden I start having problems, you know, peeing and I need a bag immediately. Like that is secondary progressive. Like there's no relapsing remitting at all. Um, it accumulates or worsens, um, with any type of remission. Um, and there's, there, there may be periods where symptoms are stable, but overall it's, it's worsening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good visualization now. However, okay. So when you guys were diagnosed, were you only told of these three you were told a relapsing, remitting, primary, and secondary, correct? No. You were told of another one 10 years ago? I found another one. No. And I was like, wait, is this a new one? I want this one. So the fourth one so- is benign MS. So basically, yeah. um, five, oh. five to 10% of people um, over, they have a mild course um, of the disease and might not even know about it. Um, and, and, either they didn't know about it and it's been stats say 15 years. That's a long time of not knowing, but maybe it was so mild. You didn't know for 15 years, or you were diagnosed and it would be like, you don't have an attack for 15 years. You have a mild case and you are one lucky person. <laughs> now I will say too with that, Nikki, and I don't know if you came across this and I don't have the study in front of me, but there are some studies that show that once you get the diagnosis um, of M- relapsing remitting MS or within the first five years, like how your disease course goes within those first five years of your first symptom typically is the pattern to which your MS will follow for the course of your disease. I remember so- coming across that study. I just can't remember where, so where so where what do you mean? Thought. So the first five years basically shows you how slow or how fast it'll progress. Huh. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, or, you know, how, when you first had your symptom, your first symptom, was it mild? What did it, you recover? How quickly did you recover? Was it debilitating? And then you recovered? Was it, mm-hmm. you know, how did the first five years of your course of your MS go? Interesting. Is that, a, was that an NIH study? Yeah, it's been years. I need to, since I didn't do this part of my research, I did the therapy. I, I would have to go back and look yeah, at it. Yeah, that's look. super interesting. And of course, one size doesn't fit all. My first six years, I had yeah. no attack. So um, that is really interesting. Nobody ever told me that years ago. So I have no idea. Um, but yeah, it's right. But yeah, so the benign is the fourth. So you're saying the benign in your is the fourth um, now type quote unquote type of MS. Um, what, right. was there another one that you were thinking, Bobby, is there something else out there that you heard? Wasn't there a progressive relapsing? So that is when, so progressive relapsing means that P 
people typically never have an attack or relapse. If they do, it's termed progressive relapsing primary. So I guess that would be me. So like I, so that would well, be so you, oh. something happened. Well, it's just interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Well, it was so, just interesting because when I, <laughs> it was just interesting because when I, every time when I've gone through it, uh, which I didn't even know the other one, which is called, uh, gosh, what was it? A C cis, which I didn't even know that there was anything, which is the clinical isolated syndrome before the, mm -hmm. yeah. I didn't know that was even existed. I found this out last year. Wait, um, what is it? The, well, so it's called yeah. clinically isolated syndrome. So basically um, it doesn't meet the criteria for a diagnosis of right. MS. So you have the symptoms. Like a but, Yeah. So they life. really wait to see, to see it on um, what I came across off of the NHI uh, site was they wait to your MRI, like if there's anything going to show. And so if something shows, then a diagnosis of MS happens. Don't they all so diagnose I, with an MRI though? I mean, how else do people diagnose MS? Well, sometimes well, people don't have lesions yet. Like, right. like uh, that would go back even when I was diagnosed and I would yeah. say he was pushing, he thought like I had clinically isolated syndrome, like I had optic neuritis but I was not, my MRI wasn't technically, you okay. know, showing lesions um, on it. And okay. so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which that I didn't sense. know that there, there was that. Cause I thought it just started out as relapsing remitting. And then I thought it went primary, secondary, then progressive. Is that how it goes? Um, so they're all, they're both progressive. So primary, progressive, secondary, progressive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's just so interesting because every it says like something different. So it's just really interesting. Yeah, and, to, and, and let's address the, the something different at this point. So at this point, when you look into where's the research when it comes to MS, so they say an estimated 1 million Americans have MS. Do they know that? No, it's an estimate. So literally there is no government requirement right now as we speak to consistently report or track MS in the US. In the absence of the government reporting data, how do we know? How do we know how to? So here's the thing if you're not tracking it since 1975, that was the last time the national study of people with MS occurred, 75. So how are you telling the, the general public that you're looking for a cure if you're not even interviewing or finding out about all of these 1 million people with MS? Like, how are you? How are you going to do anything to treat or to cure MS if you if there's no database about it? Um, That's very interesting. It's super interesting. Yeah. So then I was like very kind of angry. So then I kind of dug a little bit more when I saw that. So in 2016, Congress finally passed the 21st Century Cures Act. So that was in 2016, which authorized wow. um, the creation of a database called National Neurological condition surveillance system. So in 2018, the CDC find two years later, they're like, okay, we'll, we'll use it. Um, so they funded it in 2018. Uh, so the last time that was actually utilized was in 
2018, and the number was estimated to be 913,925 adults. So that's around 1 million. That was in 2018. Right. Like what? what yeah, are we, so what are we gonna do there's with? more right. There's more people, there's more cases and people out there with MS. Oh, than- totally. Way more. Yeah. Like yeah. It's just kind of crazy because I remember when I was diagnosed and try, like fast forward 10 years and being able to talk, have the opportunity to talk to so many people. And I never realized how somebody knows someone that oh, has this. Absolutely. Yep. That happens. That just blew my mind. I'm like, Mm -hmm. what? Like there. So when I came across that, Nikki, I was like, gosh, like, I don't know a whole lot of people, but I know it's not that small of a world. Correct. That, that why do I, why do, what is the one little Nikki, Nikki Reed in the middle of North Carolina know about 25 people with MS? I am one person. Like it's insane. Right. We all, yeah. I mean, and I can think of over the course of my MS journey, I mean, that is like the number of people that if I tell of MS, have someone, a story of someone else in their lives that have MS or the number of people that I've talked to that just got diagnosed with MS or, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's transition. So let's talk about, uh, um, let's talk about the manifestations of multiple sclerosis. So we kind of, we gave you, uh, the types of MS, how to visualize MS. Now let's talk about the manifestations of kind of the health challenges surrounding MS. So something that I did, uh, with my followers, which I really talk with a lot of people with MS and I really wanted to see what was some obstacles, some medical issues that they faced before they got their, uh, MS diagnosis. And it was just amazing being able to see so many people put their input, but the top of out of, um, over a hundred that it was numbness and tingling and blurry vision, which optic neuritis. And I just found that so fascinating and so just interesting mm-hmm. that we have like especially when a, a symptom starts mm-hmm. uh, because sometimes like Nikki what you were talking about symptoms change uh from like bowel problems to struggling to walk but like the right. first initial is numbness and tingling and I I uh eyesight problems yeah mm-hmm. and so um, and it like kind of going a little bit to what we were kind of talking about with, uh, the different types of MS, um, a lot of people are kind of, we're diagnosed kind of similar. Not everybody I've, I came across got a spinal tap, which, yeah, uh, doctors use spinal taps to kind of see what, like right. the protein levels, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Like the big main one is MRI. MRI is a big one, but also, which I never really correlated the two together is sitting down with your doctor and him just asking you questions. They use that information to kind of dictate kind of the start of everything and all of your symptoms kind of go, uh, as it goes on okay. and then mm-hmm. you use that to kind of see, uh, how everything like do you do have MS? But I found, I just found it interesting. Not everybody gets a spinal tap. And so it just, it's just so interesting to me um, why some and why 
You know what I mean? I think a lot of times in, in my experiences, the spinal tap is used when it's inconclusive, like when there's not enough information in the other elements. I mean, you know, the MRI is questionable. The, maybe they only have one um, relapse in time and space. Um, you just I think so. I feel like it's um, just, you know, it's just used as another test yeah. if, there, if there's questions. Yeah. I mean, so that's not a more, I think more than not, a lot of people um, have more conclusive information that they don't have to do the spinal tap. Oh, completely. And I just, I just think it's so interesting how um, that women are more affected by MS than men are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just kind of makes you wonder like why that is. And um, it's just very fascinating just how this how this chronic illness works, how it's similar. Yeah. There's so times as many women get MS than men. Than men. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's just fascinating because you can go into things like there's about when women are pregnant, how it's like, you don't even have MS. You you rarely have a yeah, it's just like your MS free. So there's there's been studies and trying them trying to figure out like mm-hmm. what is the hormonal Im- or the hormonal implication of MS. Yet men still get it. So there, yeah. but there is reasons why more women than men get it. They just yeah. it's just it just blows my mind about kind of reading these uh, facts that they found about MS um, because you know not all of us are impacted by that number. But it kind of just makes you wonder, like, what other contributing factors result to that? Like, our lifestyle that we live, does that have a role into that? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, hey, you know what would help? If the government was actually, like, I don't know, keeping track of something. Yeah, I mean, but again, like, why why are we waiting on the government to tell us what to do? It comes back to uh, you have one body and you are in control of it. And uh, we'll talk, I mean, you know, we'll talk about that next week um, when we bring up um, uh, therapies. Therapies, yeah. Yeah, yeah, holistic living. I think what we'll all attest to is we are our biggest advocate and we're, we, I mean, even when you talk to neurologists, you'll see that they'll, t- they kind of get scared of MS patients. Cause we come in there and we're one yeah. of their most well-educated, knowledgeable yeah. people that are gonna, yeah, they just, you know, they come in there knowing, yeah, maybe not initially at their initial diagnosis, but through the course yeah. of your journey, I think you'll, you know, knowledge, a very knowledgeable group that dives into the, the the world of MS and knows like the studies and the drugs and the holistic approaches. And, um, I think we're well-versed and well, and well-educated people that come to the table. Oh, I completely agree on that. Yeah. So I'm trying to, you know, put myself in the shoes of newly diagnosed right now, or maybe people that, um, are out there that think like, oh my gosh, maybe I have MS. So what would be something that you comes to the top of your mind for, for those like, like that, you know, like, uh, as far as symptoms and, uh, manifestations or health issues when it comes to, could you, or like, come on, no, that's not MS. Because sometimes when we say in our heads, like girlfriend, like that's nothing, that has nothing to do with MS. They're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. So what would come to mind? Hmm. 
like symptom wise or just like initial thoughts symptoms yeah. symptoms symptoms mm-hmm. i feel like a lot um like sometimes like dizziness weakness uh which can be underlying to a lot of many other right. things the numbness uh, tingling yeah any tingling mm-hmm. huge um so i think sometimes you know like when you get like you kind of like working on something around your house and you kind of you know, ding your leg and it didn't like hurt that bad. It wasn't like something to be like, oh my gosh, that's so painful. And the next day you wake up and you're like, holy crap, where did this bruise come from? Mm-hmm. Um, like it kind of makes you wonder like, what? I don't even remember this happening. Or I like think any uh, two, like we, any noticeable like change, like weakness in something like, you know, or a change in, you know, your mo your mobility or your your you know like a use of a hand all of a sudden it's not like all of a sudden almost like you know arthritis comes on the dexterity. You so you lose dexterity yeah. or you can't like you know all of a sudden like your right. writing is weird and then it might yeah. go away it might not um yeah tripping a lot that's common like you're, yeah. you're you know you're just like why am I flipping tripping all the time um it's so funny because like I'm such a klutz I'm horrible. Like I trip and fall. I, and it's so hard because like you try your best not to hurt yourself by just simply walking or just kind of moving some furniture around or something. And then something drastic happens and an antler head falls on your head out of nowhere, (laughs) or that you were trying to open something and glue just exploded because you didn't have the like control of opening of something and your hand just completely jerked and it just went all over yourself. So I guess you could say like you, you Wait, are you giving examples of you? Or I know, you? or you break your wrist. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. Like my daughter that just showed how redneck you were. You're like an antler head fell on me. <laughs> yeah, it was, oh, it was some interesting, like my doctor, he just knows if I just walk mm. in through the door, he's like, okay, like what happened? And it doesn't even surprise him anymore because I get hurt in the most random things that somebody just should not get hurt in. And so I just have to laugh at it because I'm like, this is just the life that I live and we're just going to roll with it. Yeah. 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 I think that's a good motto for MS uh, and people. Yeah. We just roll with it. Yeah. We do roll with it. You can't take yourself so seriously. And even if you don't have MS, like lighten up a little bit, like you're like, it's not the end of the world. Right. Like gross and the sense of humor and yeah it's funny when you said that because I feel like those most of us women that joined the military were not very graceful anyway you know I mean come on we're a little like we're a little tomboyish anyway so those uh yeah. those of you out there that aren't great you know they don't have much grace to begin with and then you add MS on top of it is laughable it's like, a little dicey It is. And you really do. You have to look at it in a positive way because sometimes like it can be so crushing at times uh, because you're like, I don't like, why is this happening to me? But in kind of turning it around, like I look at, like, I look at my MS completely different now. Like I do definitely take it as a gift. And I know a lot of people don't, but I took mine as a gift because it definitely showed me that life is short and it definitely learned taught me that I need to take care of myself yeah. and 
life is not guaranteed because, right. you know, we live in a society that we do feel like life is guaranteed that we're going to grow old and we're going to die peacefully. And that's not really like, and so that's just always my thought that I had was like, when I got MS, I'm like, life is not guaranteed. Like you never know what the next person's going, going through. So always spreading like hope and kindness to people, even though you might not be having a good day, but if you can turn that around to somebody else, it's going to impact you. Yeah. And, um, you know, one in 10 people have autoimmune diseases. So we might, you know, we might be mentally thinking about every freaking step. This is me primary progressive, (laughs) every step that we take, right? Like, and you don't know that I'm hiding it from you. Like uh, if I run into you in the grocery store, give me some grace. It's not because I've been drinking. It's because I had a momentary lapse of concentration of my walking. And all of a sudden I run into you. So, I mean, that's just something that you need to remember alone. One in 10 people is a lot. So, right. When it's crazy majority out there don't even know that they have an autoimmune disease and it takes for a really bad moment to happen mm-hmm. for you to be seen and be like, no, like you have something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah. interesting. Like we might feel like we're fine. And you know, like what you were talking about, Nikki, like being in the military, like you feel like something's wrong and you're like, oh, I'm fine. Like, oh, it's fine. Like, it's not a big deal. Like yeah. if it gets worse, we'll don't we do it. that though. in our MS, I know my closest friends will touch. She's like, I always forget you have MS because you don't talk about it ever. Yeah. Or I, you know, like, yeah, I feel like we do that. Right. We just kind of keep on going and that's, and, and yeah. we roll with it and but, here's wanna, the, like, but, but Tara, we're that. doing well, Everything. like we're doing well. Right. So that's another thing that like, that has a big, that, that is, is a big part of doing well with multiple sclerosis. You don't need to talk about it every day. You don't need to tell people how terrible you're feeling every day. You don't have to, the more you talk about it, the more terrible you're going to feel. So sometimes, you know, uh, when we talk about hiding it, uh, I mean, it's kind of hiding it. We're living with it. We're living with it. Yeah. We're living with it. Like we're learning how right. to do our day-to-day and right. yeah, we'll have like rough moments. You might not hear about it, but it doesn't right. mean that we don't go through struggles. And I think that's like the hardest part. Mm-hmm. And if someone can kind of look at it, like someone else who doesn't have an autoimmune disease, they have rough moments, rough times, and they don't talk about it, mm-hmm. but because there's no label to that, then it's like, it's, you're fine. Like you're, you're fine. Um, yeah. but I think that's the big thing about having any kind of autoimmune disease is your mindset. Your mindset is everything. And Mm -hmm. just being able to really, I feel like I know myself more than I ever did. Even though I was 20 years old, I was just becoming an adult, but I feel like it's really sped that journey along quicker. Uh, and I'm very grateful for it, but definitely working on your mindset, learning who you are, the joys that bring you in your life, go after them. Don't, don't feel like you can't because you have this illness. There's always a way to something might not be the route that you thought it might be. You might have to take a long winding road, around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but you right. can still get there. And yeah. you know, sometimes it opens roads that you never expected it would, right. and that's okay. 
Yeah. Just because before you didn't think that you could do something, you, you know, like God's kind of telling you go over here. Like your path is over here. It's not over here anymore. It's over here. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just, I feel like there is hope, you know, in times when it hurts and it sucks and you're dealing with so much that MS is giving you, like, I feel like yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, and next, so uh, next week we'll Tara, talk more, yeah. right. About the whole, like, I feel like we'll go into, um, yeah, how we manage this and how, you know, not only are it through our mindset, we're going to have hope obviously in our attitude and our mental capacity and our mindset, having hope in that, but we also have drugs that, you know, do help and have, um, changed over the course of 30 years. And also, um, you know, our lifestyle holistically, what are all the things, even that has so evolved over the course of 30 years as well as drugs. But yeah, I mean, there's so much now. I mean, if you were diagnosed in 1980, it looks so much different than if you're being diagnosed in 19, you know, in 2021. Yeah. I mean, just, yes. So we can, we're going to dive into that. For those that are newly diagnosed out there, like on, it wouldn't, it couldn't be a better time. Like I think what's here, what we're trying to say is that actually you are yeah. in a better situation than we were even 10 years ago, much less 20. Right. So it's right. going to be okay. We're going to talk all about it. And Tara's going to lead it uh, in talking about the pharmaceuticals yes. since she sold it. She sold pharmaceuticals. Um, so uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week. And Last guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you. See you next week. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye guys.